In no particular order, I'm going to introduce you to our guests for tonight. We do have Sheikh Ihsan Talib, a Muslim Judicial Council representative, giving us some perspective tonight. Sheikh, good evening to you, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Yeah, good evening. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you very much. Also, Reverend P.P. Mulehe, Pastors Uniting Reformed Church in Middleburg, also a theology lecturer. Good evening to you, Reverend, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good evening. Also, we do have Rabbi Naftali Silver, the Shafardi Hebrew Congregation of Cape Town. Good evening to you, Rabbi, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. An absolute privilege, thank you. The privilege is all mine. By the way, in my uh, autobiography, uh, we trace our people from Naphtali. Uh, Naphtali had Guni and Guni, this, the list goes on. But it is just my honor to speak to you. Perhaps I could speak to you uh, some other time about the, well, the Naphtali people. But uh, tonight, we're talking about something totally different. We're talking about the intersectionality of these three Abrahamic faiths, and that's our interest. And I found it rather interesting that uh, some people have some numbers to attach to it. And I'll begin with you, because the Jews are the father of it all. They are the closest to Abraham, and I would like to hear from you. Um, do you believe, first and foremost, that... Abrahamic faiths are correctly called Abrahamic faiths and for tonight's conversation we're talking about Muslims, Christians and Jews. Are they correctly identified as Abrahamic faiths? Um, I would say first and foremost absolutely. Uh, as, as we know that uh, Abraham um, not only had his own family that he looked after and that uh, God promised to him that his family would continue on the legacy that he built up, but he had many, many followers and many, many students in that time. Whether they uh, necessarily continued his teachings is something that we can debate for, but while he is known as the first Jew, it's important to note that uh, in Islam, he is not seen as Jew or Christian. He is also seen as the father of Islam, because he was, you know, a believer and the father of all that that believes. So I think that um, we all stem from the, the teachings of monotheism, which in those times uh, certainly was absolutely um, unique, especially in those areas of the world. Why then, if all believe in Abraham as the forefathers, the patriarch, why are you not united? Why do you not all believe in the same thing? Did Abraham fail in one way or the other to teach Abrahamism to all of his descendants? Well, the, I, would, I would answer that with a question. Um, why are there so many political divides in one country? It's the same thing. We all might stem from one person, but in a family... You know, you, you find different people that uh, translate things differently. Let me uh, give you an answer not, so that I, I'd love to hear your answer. I'm going to give you an answer why we have many different political entities. Because people, politics is, is originated by people. Politics is originated by people's preferences and dimensionality. It is not deified. It is not coming from God. Politics is originated by people. So people always differ and must differ, quite frankly. But as far as we, yes, we are, we, we are, we are people. 
we are people and we have our own ways of determining and uh, reading into the Word of God. So I think that that is a, a way to look at it as well. It's not that, uh, uh, I really, it's not that we we look at each other, I don't think so, at least that we look at each other with uh, with hate, God forbid, but it's more of that the way we determine and the way we have determined over the thousands of years that we have been a people is that our way and our um, translation and our prophecies that we have received to us um, and how we see it is the correct way. Now, yeah. that doesn't mean that... Uh, that uh, other other religions and other peoples can't look at the same um, scriptures and yeah. say, you know what, you can believe what you believe, but we have our own experiences that may differ from yours. So I think that that's really where it comes from, is that people look at godly experiences and choose to de- and determine which and how which way and how to interpret that in their, in their own way in their own life. Okay. All right. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll chew on that in a short while. Uh, Reverend, uh, uh, before I even go to the Reverend, uh, uh, Sheikh, your take. Why do you, as Abrahamic faiths or Abrahamic religions, differ so much and yet you call yourselves descendants of Abraham? Uh, thank you very much, Nay. So, um, firstly, the epithet or the um, descriptor Abrahamic faiths is is not one which essentially um, is used in that sense um, from a scriptural sense in Islam. Yes, of course, recognition of Abraham and um, the father of both the prophet Ismail and Isaac but before him, there were other prophets. And uh, in Islam, the prophet Noah, for example, is, is mentioned in the same reverence. And uh, reverence uh, is, is afforded to him as it is afforded to Abraham. Yeah. And the unifying factor is, of course, probably what, what Abraham stood for, which is absolute monotheism. And so the, the religion of monotheism or if you wish, if you transcribe the, the terminology Islam, it is the religion of self-submission to God. Yeah. Right. So that would have been equally attributable to the Prophet Noah, as well as the Prophets whom the Quran also references before him. So about the differences, of course, uh, this is a theme of the Quranic, scripture, uh, in which God, of course, references the fact that he sent revelation unto all of the worlds, or rather to, well, actually to all of the worlds as well, because the Quran also references the fact that this message of absolute monotheism was the message that each and every single prophet uh, was sent with to all peoples. So the Quran, for example, references the fact that there isn't a single people, a single nation, except that there dwelled among them a prophet coming with a message of the the unitary, absolute, um, monotheistic existence of God. So the the, the disagreement is, of course, as as our rabbi, learned rabbi, had said, is, is the human thing, is where human beings become involved 
And uh, those differences, I would add perhaps an additional qualification to say, yes, that there may have been um, from an interpretational perspective, you know, the workings of the human mind engaging scripture um, with very sincere intentions. But there's also been in human history, of course, those who had had other interests in mind uh, when they approached scripture. Okay. All right. So you agree that there's the human element there. Let's bring in uh, Reverend P. P. Bunle here. Reverend, your take. Why Why are you so divided as the descendants of Abraham? Why, why are these Abrahamic faiths teaching d- different things and yet they all believe in one Abraham? Okay, yes, thanks a lot for the opportunity. Yes, my understanding is that as as the people in this world that we are living on, as we are having different religions that each and everyone believes on, then at the end of the day, uh, that kind of understanding of different religions then everyone has its own religion and people interpret it the way they understand it. But as we believe that we are all children of Abraham, and Abraham was a Semite, a descendant, a, a son of, uh, was a descendant of Noah's son Shem, and also we need to understand that, yes, in the world that we are living on, we believe that, especially on the side of the Christians, that our guide is the Bible, uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, I believe that also, uh, as the previous speaker said, the matter of human beings being involved today, then at the end of the day, we end up interpreting the scripture in different ways. That is why at the end, we are having so many religions and beliefs in our lives. All right. I hear you. Gentlemen, thank you very much. We're going to take a break and come back. When we come back, we're going to chew on what you just said, because that's the nub of our conversation tonight, to understand why. Why these are all the way they are right now. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. All right, we do have on the line Sheikh Ihsan Talib. We do have Reverend P.P. Mulehe and Rabbi Naftali Silver giving us some perspective on why there are differences. And all of them agree that the human element is the contaminating factor. Now, they did not say it's the contaminating factor. That's what I am saying. And I began with a Rabbi and ended with the Reverend. So I'm going to begin with the Reverend now. Reverend, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly bothered by this consensus that all three of you gentlemen have because this is not supposed to be a human construct. This is not Abraham's faith. This is not Sham's faith. This is not even your faith. And yet all of you agree that you have taken God's thing and put in your dirty hands in it. Why are we all agreeing to dirty God's thing with human ingenuity? 
Reverend, this one is for you. Yes. Yes, you know, sometimes uh, on the Christian or on the the life that we are living on, there are different perspectives regarding religion and also... We've already stated that part, Reverend. We agree that there are different perspectives and because of people's preferences and understandings. My question is, why would you as people of faith not seek God to guide you in that way so that he maintains his unity. We remember, this is the one same God you as Christians believe is one. Hear you, Israel, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You Christians believe in one God, one faith, one, one baptism, one church. And yet you're, yes. you, the Christians are the worst of them all. Over 3,500 churches. And yet you're still claiming to believe in one God? Why are you dirtying God's thing with, with your understanding, shouldn't it be God's way and not your way? Yes, must be God's way, not our way. Then why? Why are you doing it your way? That's my question, Reverend. Yes, the, 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 the way I understand it um, is that when we accept God as our Father in this world and also understand that Abraham is also our father. But along the journey, we end up turning God's purpose to fulfill our own purpose. And I believe We've that... We've got that part, way, Reverend. I'm asking why. Why do you do that? On the other side is the matter of claiming who you are to be known who you are. But along the journey, we forgot that we are all called by God to serve his purpose. Now, it's where we are failing, because at the end of the day, we say we are proclaiming the word of God. But along the journey, we are not doing that accordingly. Sheikh, why do your own thing and yet you're all claiming to be submitting yourself, bowing to the one true God? Why do you do the human thing and not the godly thing? Sometimes I think... No, no, the shake now. I, I got you, Reverend. I got your answer. I'm, I'm asking now the shake. Shake? Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Nai. Look, so the, the, the whole design, as, as one would refer to it as the design, uh, design of human life on Earth. So the whole sort of grand theme of things, of course, is that life on this Earth as God has designed it, is essentially a plan. So human beings have been given this thing called free will. So God has confirmed and guaranteed for human beings freedom of belief, conscience, and faith. So when we're talking about the revelation and the scripture, and again, referencing the Islamic framework and, and Christianity, as you said, and Judaism, uh, is that the essential faith requirement is big in the one God. And um, there are, of course, systems or legal systems that go in addition to that, which are regarded as the secondary uh, sort of con- uh, uh, ingredients of, of the scripture, and which would be different in time and in place. 
And so that's also part of the reason for the successive revelation of scriptures when there was deviation in actual fact and when there was distortion and interpolation and changing of scripture. There was then successive uh, scriptural um, advent and um, um, a revelation. And the one of the key elements in there is this notion of the test as well as the freedom of uh, choice, in other words, free agency and free will that human beings have, and the fact that in this world exist good and evil. And so all of those ingredients taken together uh, is in actual fact part of the biggest scheme of religion. And so, of course, the advocacy and the um, the the, the um, uh, ad- advancing of goodness and, and 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 good in this world for human beings is what religion is all about, to advance the cause of good for humanity. That's what the religion is about. Uh, but human beings, on the other hand, and this is now probably the point where you would take the chance case-by-case scenarios uh, in a historical sense of how human beings have at times managed to really prosper and advance a sort of spiritual, harmonious, correlation of this world and the next and times when they dismally fail my, my question there sheikh is is based on uh, al imran do you have your quran in front of you yeah al imran the ayat there yeah. if i'm reading that correctly is 103 okay let me go there very very quickly and this is what bothers me. I'm going to read it from my English translation. Perhaps you can tell me if this translation that I have in English is representing the Quran correctly. Remember, the Quran is written in Arabic and um, the English ones don't always yeah. give us the full text. So I'm going to ask you to tell me if you believe that the English translation is correct. This is Al-Imran. The, the, the surah is three and the ayat is 103. Okay. It reads, and hold firmly to the rope of Allah. And do not be divided. Remember Allah's favor upon you when you were enemies. Then he united your hearts. So you, by his grace, became brothers. And you were at the brink of a fiery pit. And he saved you from it. This is how Allah makes his revelations clear to you. So that you may be rightly guided. Did that, is is that, right. that the correct translation to English? That, that, that's very accurate. Uh, nice. Yeah. So my question is, why? If Allah wants you to be united, why are you divided? Okay. So contextually, on the other hand, if one looks at some of the verses here, just incidentally, um, some of them may be contextually um, specific, as the one that you've read speaks about how, in at the time of the advent of the Prophet Muhammad, um, the fighting and the feuding tribes uh, of the place Medina or Yathrib, just north of Mecca, uh, where the Prophet eventually settled, uh, were feuding for centuries, literally. And uh, he then sort of brought them, and this was part of the, um, the, 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 in a sense, reminding of the grace of God on them, that he brought them together and he created love in the heart and, and safeguarded and brought them salvation. Um, so, so that was in the context of yes, the Muslim community, but that does not mean that within the Muslim community, within the Muslim nation, or the Ummah, as we refer to it, that even within them they did not have divisions. Of course there were divisions as well. And so um, the context here is just not extending beyond 
um, the the faiths from the Abrahamic perspective that we are referring to. Right this now. is the will of Allah, and Allah does not have any respection of he doesn't he's not a respecter of persons. Allah wants all of His creation to bow to Him. It doesn't matter whether you speak Arabic, whether you speak is it closer. Allah wants mm. all of His creation to bow to Him, to submit to Him, and that is yeah. what Islam is about: submitting every one of us, submitting to Allah. My question is, if Allah wants all of his children to submit to him, why would you separate others from others? Why would you claim that this is only speaking to the nation of Islam? Yeah, no. So what I'm saying is that this particular instance uh, of the script is a kind of contextual, historically contextual. But that doesn't mean, you're absolutely right, that doesn't mean that the rest of the scripture does not address humankind also in general. But the whole idea of human beings dividing into different faiths, different faith groups, that is a, 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 a divine right that God had conferred upon human beings to believe according to their conscience. Okay? In this world, I as a Muslim have to stand up in defense of the right of an atheist for believing the way that he does, notwithstanding my complete rejection of what he believes in. So the notion of uh, people having different, um, you know, persuasions and different sort of uh, ideological and theological persuasions and backgrounds, etc., that is something which, which religion comes and guarantees in the form of the freedom of conscience. Let's stick within. Uh, that, let's stick within Islam. You're saying it, it speaks specifically to uh, Muslims. Why do we have the Jafari, the Ismaili, the Zaidi? Why do we have the Hanafi, the Al-Maliki, the Safi, the Shafi, Shafishi, and, and, and the Hanbali. Why do we have that within, within Islam if you know that Allah wants within Islam unity? With Christians, yeah. they have over 3,000 uh, divisions. You call them schools of thought, but you have yeah. eight of them. Why are you not united? Why do you not have one? Why are you divided and yet you have one God and he called these men? All of these men, by the way, did not have any scriptures. They didn't have any Bible. They didn't have any Quran. They only have God or Allah as their guiding light. And yet you, as modern day theological leaders, you've got these scriptures that divide Allah's children. Why? Yeah. So in, within the house of Islam, um, historically, yes, there have been developments uh, of, of, of different schools that have originated. So some of them are merely jurisprudential, so it's different interpretations. And there, there aren't uh, problems in terms of having these differences because as the Reverend, uh, the Rabbi had also alluded earlier on, that um, interpretation of scriptures, because it's a human endeavor, and because of the diversity of human beings and the diverse creation of human beings, their interpretations will accordingly also be diverse. So are you you're so agreeing with the Reverend that interpretation is a human endeavor? This doesn't bother you that a divine thing, a holy thing, is now reduced to being called a human endeavor? Surely Abraham or any of, of your prophets did not embark on a human endeavor. God or Allah is the one that revealed his will to these men, all these prophets. Why is he not doing the same with you? Why is it now a human endeavor? No, what I'm referring to are the differences that are there which are of a human nature type of category. And that is 
when you have interpretation of laws, interpretation of scripture in terms of um, uh, interaction and dealings of a worldly type, etc., I'm not referring to the, let's say, the, the scripture as far as the essence is concerned. The essence is the oneness of God. The essence is belief um, in the day of resurrection, for example. That's the essence. And all religions, the Abrahamic religions, maybe others as well, subscribe to that. So there's no difference there. But when it comes to some of the other areas, there are, uh, there are definitely um, school, school, schools of, of interpretation and, and orientation. All right, I'm going to take a break and come back. And when we come back from the break, we'll give the opportunity to the rabbi, what was it? Oh, the, the pastor. Did I start with the pastor? Yes, I started with the pastor. And then, and then we'll, we'll give the callers. I can see you, Francis. I can see you, Moana. I can see you. And uh, if we have time, we'll see if we're going to plug in some voice notes as well. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. Hashtag SAFM Facts of Faith. All right, let's go to the rabbi. Rabbi, I've been listening and as a layperson, I'm worried because we have heard a lot of people saying all these faiths are human manufactured. It turns out you guys are agreeing that it's all manufactured by human beings. It turns out you all are agreeing that it's just interpretation of human beings. And it bothers me because our whole faith show is based on the idea that it is not a human thing it's god's thing turns out you guys are agreeing that you are just muddying god's thing rabbi well um first i must say that the uh the honorable chick uh took the words right out of my mouth um while yes faith is obviously to believe in an almighty god the very notion that God gave us a world, human beings a world. As the Sheikh said, we have something called free will. We are not necessarily intentionally, as you put it, muddying the waters, or that it's a human, uh, that humans are dirtying it. On the contrary, the world is ours to do with it as we see fit. And God gave us the world to do with it as we see fit. Where do you get and that from, gave, Rabbi? What do you mean? It's, he gave he gave the world. He gave from the beginning. He gave Adam and Eve. He gave them the Garden of Eden, and the only rule he told them was, "Don't eat from the tree of knowledge." My but question he, is, where do you get it from that God gave you the world to do with it as you deem fit? Meaning, meaning, as we meaning, he gave us a set of rules that he would like us to keep. I would imagine so, and that we must keep. But we have free will, which is the whole reason why we serve God is because we do it out of our own free will. If it wasn't free will, then there would be no no growing. There would be no growth. We would be angels. Angels serve God out of zero free will. But, they don't have such a thing as growth. But therein lies the problem growth. there, Rabbi. When you're suggesting that there is free will, it implies chaos and babel. We're talking about the free will that so grieved God to the extent that he invited the deluge. We're talking about a world that has now been destroyed 
by this very same God because people exercise their free will. It cannot be, therefore, no. that the exercise of free will is the will of God. And yet God was so grieved and he regretted creating people because they were exercising free will. Well, I, listen, in, in the ethics of our fathers, for example, right? In the ethics of our fathers, it's a Mishnaic uh, writing. We learn how to act appropriately amongst ourselves. For as an example, right? In the ethics of our fathers, in chapter one, I believe it is the seventh. Um, I guess you could say uh, verse within that chapter. It says, "Distance yourself from a bad neighbor, and do not bond with a degenerate person, and do not abandon the expectation of difficulties." If if you believe that God is giving us the world and we just all of a sudden are going to be perfect because of him giving us that world. That, that, that is not godly. Godliness is to fail. Godliness is chaos. We are meant to find the, cha- the, 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 the peace. We are meant to find God within chaos. And I think that that is the beauty of this world is that we constantly have to fight and, and make sure that we are doing the right thing. And everything that's around us, as you say, this muddying of the waters, we must see through it. That is godliness. And I, and I, I want to make a point. Before actually, you make that point, I'm a bit worried there. Did you elevate rabbinic scripture above the Torah? No, 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 not above the Torah. Everything, but you have, quoted Torah, it. you have not quoted anything from the Torah. Nothing. You, you just quoted well, now. Well, we believe... So we believe, we believe, well, I could quote to you from the Torah as well. I'm just giving you what we believe is that there is something called the written law and the oral law, which we hold in both, we both hold them in high regard. Okay, you can't have one without the other. I understand, Why? but the Perky Avot is not scripture. It's the, it's the interpretations of the rabbis, isn't it? It is interpretations of the rabbis, but scripture cannot be seen at face value or else you would, uh, for example, an eye for an eye. We don't believe that that literally means an eye for an eye, because if it did, a lot of people would be handless and eyeless. And that's why it was in history. People were handless and eyeless. But we don't we don't believe that that's what God wanted. He didn't want people to literally take off people's hands because of them stealing. Even though he said so, so. He never said so. He said an eye for an eye, but what does that mean? So the rabbis come to explain what that means. People that are living at such a spiritual height that they, they obviously understand it from a different perspective than you and I. And I'll give you an example just like I was saying. Uh, it, this coming week is Yom HaShoah. It's Holocaust Remembrance Day. Um, that has been uh, determined, even though that, that also could be a different discussion. But there was a famous rabbi that kept on getting asked, why would God do this to his people? How could God be so cruel? Where was God during the Holocaust? Where was God during all these terrible things that happened over the centuries and centuries? And he said, that's the wrong question to ask. It's not where was God. 
Okay. Where it, the question is, where was humanity? Okay, it's for, our for, job me, Rabbi, to take care of the world. Yeah. The, the name of the program is Facts of Faith, and I do wish that we put these things out there as facts or fallacies. Um, you just made a statement now that says, when I said um, God said so, he did say an eye for an eye. You said, no, he never said that. I want to quote where I got it from, and then you can tell me if you don't believe in the text that I'm quoting. I'm reading from the book of Leviticus, chapter 24. Leviticus 24 reads, and I'm reading from from verse 16 down. Anyone who blasphemes the Lord's name must be stoned to death by the whole community of Israel. Any Israelite or foreigner among you who blasphemes the Lord's name will surely die. That's verse 16. And that's what happened in the past. Verse 17 says, anyone who takes another person's life must be put to death. That's the death penalty, the capital punishment instituted by God there. And it happened in those days. Verse 18, anyone who kills another person's animal must pay it back in full, a life, a, 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 a live animal for the animal that was killed. That was in those days happening. 19, anyone who injures another person must be dealt with according to the injury inflicted. That's verse 19. It happened in those yeah. days. Verse 20, fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, Whatever anyone does to hurt another person must be paid back in kind. Now, that's Leviticus. You said it, it doesn't exist. God never said that. It's no, the, I didn't say... But you, you just I said right is, now, is you said you never said as, that. Yes, but what I, what I mean by that, and, and thank you for clarifying, what I mean by that is, is we do not believe, as Jews, we do not believe that Scripture can be taken at face value. It cannot be. Did this not happen it was, as it was happening, as, as it is written here in those days? No. Jews have never, ever, first of all, we don't even believe in the death penalty as you see it. You know, a death penalty, you have to have witnesses. You have to, and even if, even if a, a one law, a, um, court, courthouse would even kill one person in 70 years, they were deemed a murderous uh, uh, house of law and they would be shut down. We, we, we do everything in, in terms of looking into it in depth, as we call it, le drosh, to, 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 to doresh from it, to, exe- to take from the words out from it, as, as, as we see from, from everything. It, the, whole, the whole Torah, the whole Bible, if you would just take it at face value, it would bring a very confused world, not a world of, of order. Uh, we, there's so many things that Jews today that we do that in the Torah it says, in between your eyes you should put the phylacteries that we put, right? In between your eyes you should put it. We don't put it in between our, our, our eyes because it, it, that's not where it puts. It's fitted that on the top of our heads in between our eyes. That's what we learn that it means. Okay. We need guidance from human beings. Holy human beings, okay. like Abraham, like Isaac, like Jacob, like like in, in Islam faith you have Muhammad, and in, in, the, in the Christian faith okay. you have Jesus and all the, the uh, apostles. Got it. I want to take some calls for you, gentlemen. Um, we're running out of time. I want to go to East London. Francis, thank you for holding. Good evening. Well, thank you. Go ahead, Francis. Yes, yeah. There is a, uh, I just want to comment on this issue based on uh, the Shanti concept. Yeah? yeah, go ahead. Yeah. 
Yeah, we know that uh, we Christians, we believe from Abraham, God, God made the promise with Abraham that you will be the father of many nations. That's right. That is Genesis uh, chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. And from there Isaac was born. And he was born as a child, uh, as a child of promise. When we go to the, the book of Galatians chapter 4, from verse uh, 21 up to 30, Paul explains uh, about uh, the two children which made the two covenants. Now, Hagar, that child, Ishmael, that one was born out of, it was not a promise that God made, but the promise was made through Sarah, uh, who that's according to the Christian view. That that's not yeah. that's not the, the, the Islamic view. Yeah, uh, and that is according to the Christian view. Yeah. yeah. So we believe that now here Paul is saying because I've got a Bible here that this um, says it says nevertheless what does the spirit the, the scripture say? I need you to get to your point, sir. What is your point? Yeah. So my point is um, uh, uh, the promise that God was made. So that each and every nation can believe the promise was made through uh, Isaac, who was born from Abraham, not the one who was born from the born servant, who was Hagar. But according Abraham. to your own text, sir, Abraham was supposed to be the father of all nations. Yes, all nations. Why yes. exclude other nations, therefore? Why uh -huh. exclude so, Why then, exclude the Ishmaelites, for example, and the descendants of Ishmael? Uh -huh. Ishmael, Ishmael was supposed to be part of Isaac. So that all of them, they are supposed That's to not in the Bible. You're never going to find it in your Bible, sir. Ishmael was supposed yes. to be a part of, of Isaac. There is no such text oh, in your Bible. You just made that one up. I'm saying everyone, because through Isaac, Jesus Christ was born. Now, that's why, uh, because through, uh, we are all called the children of God. You're not answering my question, sir. Your text says Abraham uh -huh. was supposed to be the father of all nations, right? Yes, yeah. My question is, yes. why do you exclude the descendants of Ishmael? Why do you ex exclude Hagar, Ishmael, and all the descendants? Uh, and yet all nations includes all, all, not excluding, uh -huh. but inclusive. Yes, we are not excluding that. We are but not you just did that. You said, you, said Ish, you said Ishmael is a child of, of, of an era. That's what you yes, said. Uh -huh. I'm going to take that but back what, now. Because Egypt is a nation where Hagar came from. So Egypt was part of many nations. So they were supposed to be part of that many nations. So Hagar is involved in that covenant, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Appreciate your call, sir. Mboana in Mahike. Good evening, Mboana. Naye Lupondwana on SAFM. This is Facts of Faith until 9 o'clock. We're engaged in a conversation trying to understand why there's disunity among the descendants, spiritual and physical descendants of Abraham. Why do we have three Abrahamic faiths and yet Abraham was one man? Remember the history of Abraham? This is the very same Abraham who believed in monopolytheism up until he met this one God who told him to go to the land of Canaan. Then he became a monotheist. And then he was promised to be the father of all nations. And yet, these nations are divided. Why? Why are these nations divided? Oh, was it their dream? Was it the idea? For people can interpret things in whatsoever way they so choose and separate themselves from the other? Is this the will and the way of God? Let's go to Mboana in Mahikeng. Good evening, Mboana. Good evening. Hi, go ahead. The, the difference is because the, the, the people are not following the scripture of God. Okay, go That's ahead. That's the reason. Because, because if you go to Revelation 7, verse 11, uh, verse 11, 
And the same you go to Quran 2, verse 133. Understand? Abraham, the commandment that was given to Abraham, we are not following that. And if you go to Genesis 17, verse 3, what Abraham was doing, we are not doing that. That's where we confuse. Okay, which is what? Which is, can you read for me Revelation 7, verse 11, if you go to the Bible? Okay, okay, let me go to it. Revelation? Yeah. Okay. And which go chapter seven, do you want 11. to? 11. 11. Chapter 11. Chapter 11 of 7, yes. Chapter 7, verse 11. Oh, chapter 7, verse 11. All right, my yes. version reads, And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and four living beings. And they fell face down before the throne and worshipped God. Then if you go to Genesis 17, verse 3, uh, what Abraham was doing. Moana, what are we learning from Revelation? Uh, what we learn from Revelation is there were how to pray God. So on Genesis 17, verse 3, Abraham himself, he prayed the way which is explained in Revelation. And okay. we are not doing that. All right. Um, Genesis chapter 17, verse 3. At this, Abraham yes. fell face down in the dust. Then God said to him. That's Revelation. That's, that's Genesis that. chapter 7. Yeah, and are we praying according to how Abraham was praying? Yes, some some people do. The, the, My question to you, sir, is... W- w- yes, go ahead. Yeah, if we are not doing what Abraham was doing, are we following Abraham? Then? We are not. Okay. That's where confusion coming from. Okay, got it, got it. Thank you very much. I was going to ask you something else, but I'm running out of time. I'm going to play some voice notes there. Uh, shall we go to the voice notes? Oh, was it William? Okay, let's go to William first before we go to the voice notes. Not William? Okay, let's go to the voice notes then. All right. I'm going to ask um, that um, my guests, please, all three of you to give us the opportunity to go to the news and then we'll give you the opportunity to respond after the news and then your closing remarks. Uh, Go ahead, uh, Sylvester. The first prophet you interviewed seems to accept that religions these three religions are not necessarily established by God but by the preference of different leaders which means Christianity was itself not Jesus sent by God to be the only religion that we should all believe it it leaves much to be desired that it means Christ was not necessarily a son of God sent to redeem and revive the life on earth, but was just like any other person who have interpreted or misinterpreted the Bible in different way than anybody else. That's what he seems to acknowledge, Gole in Bulukwan. All right, thank you very much, Gola. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for us to go to the news. When we come back, we'll have our guests respond to these and then give us their closing remarks. You're still listening to Facts of Faith. Independent and impartial. This is SAFM News. Facts of Faith with Nayel Pondwana, 7 to 8 p.m.
You're still listening to Facts of Fate. We're going to try and give our guests opportunity to respond to all the calls and the voice notes, and then we give them opportunity to give their closing remarks and we part ways. Remember the question we've been trying to get answered? Why are they divided? They're all claiming the same God of Abraham, same Abraham of their patriarch. Why? Why are they divided? Now, as you well know, that we can never exhaust a lifelong subject in just under an hour, but we give it a shot nonetheless. I'm going to give it to my guests now. Let's begin with the Reverend. Reverend Pipi Mulehi, uh, your response to the callers in a minute. Go ahead. Martin, uh, thanks a lot uh, for the opportunity. Uh, my response is that we we need to understand that uh, in the New Testament, uh, Peter's speech on his fellow Jewish gathered near the temple indicating that uh, as the physical descendants of Abraham are heads of this promised blessing. But the New Testament also indicated that the, that, that the, the Gentiles uh, believers, those who are spiritual rather than lenient descendants of Abraham, likewise share in Abrahamic kinship. Indeed, all Christians find their origin in Abraham the Hebrew. For as Paul stated, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Now, simply means that Abraham is the father of all nations. But all these nations are divided. They don't yes. worship the way the way Abraham worshipped. Pardon again? They do not worship the way Abraham worshipped. They don't, yes. No. Why? If you because claim Abraham, why do you not follow the way he did it? Yes, that is the challenge that we are facing currently in the world that we are living. Because even the New Testament clearly make it clear that Abraham, even you believe in Christ as a Christian, but you are an Abraham seed, so then simply means that is a challenge that we are facing today because we don't follow what does the scripture say. All right, because, got, it. got it. No, I hear yes. you. I hear you, Reverend. Thank you very much. Shona, hold, go to the shake. Shake. Um, your your response to the callers and to the voice note. Yeah, thank you very, very much. And I, I think um, uh, you will recall one of the uh, callers referred to a verse uh, in chapter 2, uh, 133 in the Quran. Uh, it indeed refers to uh, the prophet Abraham, and uh, it references how, in fact, the prophet uh, of, his, of his descendant, Jacob, had gathered his um, progeny and asked them at his deathbed actually how they would worship. And they then responded by saying that they would worship in the same vein that uh, was done by Abraham, Ishmael, Ishmael, and that is worshiping one God. Sorry, I'm just quoting some Arabic. And unto him we shall surrender ourselves. So again, it comes back to this point about. Um, so, sorry, which which ayat of Al Barqa are you referring to? Uh, one thirty three. One thirty three. The, the caller reference uh, to okay. one thirty three. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. So, so that is again affirmation of the principle of what we refer to in Arabic as Tawheed. In other words, the affirmation of the absolute unitary 
uh, existence and oneness of God, and that he is, of course, the transcendent creator of everything that is. And so that is what each and every single prophet had been sent with. In fact, if we if you take just some time later on mind to reference also uh, the chapter Shura, which is uh, 42, uh, verse 13, it again, it again refers the Prophet Muhammad to his forebears, namely Noah, number one, then the Prophet Abraham, then the Prophet Moses, then the Prophet Jesus, that all of them had been, including him, had been ordained and enjoined by God to establish the deen. And the okay. deen here is reference to the belief in the Tawheed and the oneness of God. Got it, and got that the people not be divided among themselves. Indeed. Incidentally. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Um, you said 2.132, right? I want to read it for the people to know. 133. 2.133. 2.133. 2.133 reads, Or did you witness when death came to Jacob? He asked his children, Who will you worship after my passing? They replied, we will continue to worship your God, the God of your forefathers, Abraham, Ishmael, and Isaac, the one God, and to him we all submit. This is the Quran, uh, this is Al-Barakah, chapter 2, verse 133, Surah 2, Ayat 133. That's where we got it from. It's awesome how it's claiming um, the, 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 the God of Abraham, Isaac, and uh, uh, Ishmael, and yet uh, the other books, like the Bible, doesn't quote Ishmael. It says Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. All right, the final one. Uh, Rabbi, uh, your, your response. Rabbi? Uh, yes. Um, I think that it's uh, important to note that um, while we may be divided in how we serve, uh, I think it's important to note that we are not necessarily divided in whom we are serving. Uh, and I think that, that that is very much uh, a point to be made here, that while we do our best, at least I can say for myself, that we do our best to uphold what we've been taught from the Torah, from the, uh, the Bible, and from rabbinic teachings, which again we hold quite uh, quite dear to us, just as we hold the Bible and the Torah, I think it's important to note that we very much are in agreement that Ishmael was a son of Abraham, and that in fact Ishmael is uh, does carry on teachings that his father gave him. Um, but that does not mean for a second that we are at at butting heads with each other. That was never the contention there, Rabbi. The contention was he was not the child of promise. Do you believe that Ishmael is the child of promise? Muslims do. Do you? No, I do not believe that he's the child of promise. But that does not mean that we are not serving the same God. You're, you're, the conflation here is that, that we are serving these prophets. Yeah. Prophets are prophets. They're human beings. You can't serve a prophet. There's one God. The word of God comes through the prophets. Yeah. There is a, uh, there, it cannot be that we are butting heads with each other on whom we are serving. If we are all serving the Abrahamic God, it's just a matter of 
okay, now where does it continue from Abraham? Yeah, the not, issue was not with serving Abraham. The issue was why is it that you all claim to be worshipping that same God of Abraham? You all claim Abraham as the one who's your forefather, whether it is physically and gen- genetically or is it spiritually as the Christians do claim. That was the contention. You all claim Abraham and yet you are so diametrically opposed. So diametrically opposed? I'm, perhaps with Christians, but definitely not with uh, Muslims. Okay. We have very, we have a lot of similarities. And, and no, yeah. honestly, honestly, we've, it, it, in fact, Jews and and in Muslim countries for thousands of years were were, were very close. I I totally um, I totally agree with you, but it, it would be good for us to invite you again, Rabbi, for us to navigate yes. those similarities, which seem to be blurred and they pale in comparison to the differences that have caused the war in the Middle East right now. So perhaps again, if, if humans under- again 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 humans cause war, I, not God. Again, that that would be a, a very contentious issue because in your Bible, in your Torah, you will find that God is the one who participates and instigates war, who sends he, people to do he, things. But that's another conversation. He doesn't. He yes, he does not. But he does not. He does not. It's still human beings that are on this world that make choices, and God does not make choices for man. God did not. God made the choice for 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 them to have uh, the war with uh, the inhabitants of Canaan. When he sent Saul there to say to kill everything, to kill the Amalekites, to kill all the descendants of King Agag, that was not the ingenuity and the idea of Saul. That was God. And when Saul failed to do what God had done, told him to do, to the extent that he kept Agag and his wife, the prophet came and told him, you did not do what I told you. to. Why am I hearing the bleating of sheep and the lowing of cows? To the extent that the prophet went and killed King, King Agag. And that was God. That was not. But that's not. God told him to do it, but yeah. the reason why God told him to do it is you have to go all the way back into. Scripture. No, no, I understand. When what I'm correcting is. I, I agree with you. I am not disputing that. What I'm saying is, it is not true to say wars are the idea of mankind. I'm giving you an example of the very first war by the very first king of Israel. That idea was war. God's God's idea, not man's idea. Definitely not the first war. Uh, but I, I definitely hear what you're saying, and I am absolutely impressed with your, uh, with your uh, way of not beating around the bush, um, because it's definitely fascinating. I just think that if you wouldn't mind me saying, and I'll end with this, is that there's a lot in between the lines indeed, that, indeed. You are, that you are missing out on. No problem. We'll invite you again, Rabbi. Do you accept the invite for us to talk more about I accept the invite. I accept the invite, and I, I must say that I'm also equally appreciative to the Honorable um, uh, Father and the Honorable um, Sheikh, who uh, both of them spoke absolutely brilliantly. Granted. And, uh, Thank you very I'm much. Very, very grateful. All right. I'm going to close now um, our conversation to all my guests. I really Really appreciate what you have come. Um, first, to Sheikh Ihsan Talib, Muslim Judicial Council representative. Thank you very much for your insights. We definitely will invite you again. I really appreciate you coming through. Thank you. Reverend P.P. Bunehe, Pastors Uniting Reformed Church in Middleburg, also a theology theolo- lecturer. Thank you very much, Reverend. Appreciate your insights as well. We'll definitely invite you again. Rabbi Naftali Silver. Uh, Shafardi Hebrew Congregation of um, Cape Town. Thank you very much. Appreciate your insights as well. Running behind time for today, but we're going now to our next conversation. For those who may not know, you may have picked it up, 
but you didn't understand what was going on, I too did not understand what's going on. With the Dalai Lama. What's with the Dalai Lama sticking out ton tongues to children to suck his tongue? What is going on? What was that about? I was so flabbergasted. CNN, BBC, it, it, it was just amazing to see how all of this was placid. The Dalai Lama telling a child to suck his tongue? When we come back, we're going to find some explanation to help us understand. Remember, this is one of the men in all these religions in the, in the world that we hold in such high regard. This, this is the friend of Archbishop Desmond Tutu. So we're going to find out from the representative from Tibet what's going on there.